We're here with Daniel Alvarez from ALS Technologies, and uh, why don't you explain what this is and what we're going to be doing? Well, this is the uh, 460 uh, Stingmore mine. It has approximately 745 caliber rubber balls in it. They'll fly out of there at about 500 feet per second. They use these uh, charges on the outside of uh, embassies uh, to uh, protect the gates from uh, people trying to break in. It looks like it's going to suck. It, it is, I promise. everybody welcome to generation loss the f- podcast about uh movies and politics where Bryn and jeremy watch the videos we watch videos we, we watch, watch videos. movies <laughs> we say it's videos it hasn't been videos yet it's only been movies uh we're pushing it on this one we are pushing it on this one i don't think that this qualifies as a movie <laughs> i mean I, I i feel like this is why i feel like we say videos because when i say movies i mean all of the stuff that includes videos right this is a movie as any other thing is a movie. Because <laughs> yeah. movie just means like moving... Moving picture, pictures, yeah, to yeah. differentiate it from a stilly. I, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say a talkie, but talkies were movies. Ta- yeah, talkies were silenties. That's like, so funny that they, like, the name of everything is just... Movie. It's so silly. It's so stupid that we still call it that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say videos, because it makes at least a little more sense. Yeah. Or um, film. Yeah, but mostly things aren't film, even films. That's true, too. Like, most things are digital, so they're technically videos. <sighs> so it's all dumb. <laughs> and but, that's a- So then TV is movies. TVs are movies. TVs oh. are movies. <laughs> YouTubes are movies. Yeah, everything's a movie. Everything's a movie if it moves, and if it's a still image, then it's a stilly. <laughs> Yeah, I think we should start calling more things stillies. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think books are stillies. That just blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember thinking about that like bef- like in high school, being like, movie. Like realizing like Jennifer Jason Lee and Hudsucker Proxy should be saying it. You know, like, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to the pictures to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> that's such a dumb word. Yeah. But that's what it is. Like, are there other antiquated terms that we still use, like movie? I don't, not that bad. Like, nobody's... Because, like, movie, now that you think <laughs> about it too much, it really starts to, like, Semantically feel like... Satiate. Uh, like, like, you should be saying, like, 23 skidoo. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should be like, I'm going to take my gal down to the... I don't know, to the bop. <laughs> We're going to catch a flick. <laughs> to the bop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, 20s slang. <laughs> Yeah, 23 Skidoo, uh, you could say like Dame. Right. But when we were talking about making this show, like, I, you know, I was sort of like, what's a word that encompasses all the things of moving pictures? Right. And it's like, you sound like a pretentious asshole if you talk about the art of film. moving pictures or whatever. I think film is worse than moving pictures. Oh, yeah. Because that's just the medium of like a specific thing yeah. that has like become good at, movies at least moving pictures is something that like old people say yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> like true. film is only something that like nerds. college students and people who wish they were still college students yeah. say nerds say that nerds i went to see a film i went to see a film 
<laughs> that was more of a facial joke. I know. I wish people could see. I went to see a film. I went to see a I film. I feel like it's... Oh, yeah. We went to see a film. You know, they say like a, a good actor can act entirely like... With their eyes. With their eyes, yeah. And like maybe like if I'm doing the film face like well enough, <laughs> people at home are going to see it. <laughs> I went to see a film. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I see. I saw it in my mind. My eyes were closed. <laughs> all right. So this is a show about, you know, those things that we don't really have a word for, but yeah. all of the world of moving things so far it's only been talkies so far it has been feature length talkies feature length talkies color talkie pictures but the point is that this is kind of like when you're talking about movies and and you know i guess like when when you're talking about like movies that you would cover for a movie podcast i feel like jackass number (laughs) two two is kind of like really stretching the limit of what would be considered a movie totally by by normies by normies, yeah. But it's interesting because it's like, I think everybody would agree that like a skate video, like conventional wisdom about what is a movie, yeah, a skate video is not a movie. Right. It's not a feature. It's not going to be released in theaters. It's not, doesn't hit the points that most people think of but when so they think of movies. But usually a skate movies. video will get a premiere in, in a theater. Like they'll rent out a theater and they'll, and they'll oh. open it up and people will come to the premiere. Okay. And then after that, it's only... V- VHS you know, on, on VHS or on DVD or on Thrasher.com or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but Jackass is not far from a skate it's video. It's the at exact all. same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing, <laughs> but with none of the tricks. Right. Well, it's not. It's it is just in service of making you laugh and not impressing you with your yeah. stylish f- footwork. Right. So let's. <laughs> Stray away from this for a moment. Yeah, let's go we're into. We're already talking about jackass. <laughs> it, okay, and I know both I, of us wanna, are excited to talk. Yeah, about I want to warn the audience here that we are going to way overpraise a movie that you probably barely consider a movie. Yeah, <laughs> like we are going to delve deep into a film. I'm going to say it's called a it's film. It's a film. Yeah. This is a film. <laughs> yeah. This is a film. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, I just uh, use them interchangeably. I'm not trying to be pretentious, <laughs> but we are. Go- <laughs> we're going to talk about a movie. And laud it to a level you've never heard it lauded. So get ready for that. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourselves for this. This, but this is an important work, right? I think the whole series, on equal levels, are are pretty yes, important. Yes, the concept, the crew, the performances. Yeah, yeah. So, but for now, we're gonna go into. Yeah. So, Bryn, what did what did you watch this week? Uh, <laughs> this week, I watched a movie. And it was directed by a man whose YouTube uh, channel is called Summoning Salt. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of Summoning Salt? No. Summoning Salt makes hour-long documentaries okay. about the progression of the world record speedruns of specific games. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah. it is... I've definitely seen this. Way more thing. entertaining than it has any right to be. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. He does a great job sort of setting up the stakes of what the game is sometimes it starts in like the early 2000s like when like speedrunning was barely a thing and it was just like three nerds in like tulsa oklahoma or whatever you know like whatever twin galaxies was a thing this one was castlevania Mm -hmm. and um it you know it starts in like 2002 and somebody sent a vhs into the the twin galaxies which is a an arcade that is centered in the film uh, Fistful of Quarters, King of Kong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
those guys. Uh-huh. They used to be the only people who held speedrunning uh, right. records. So it starts in that, and he's like sent a VHS of Castlevania, had the world record, and then it goes on from there, and people like figuring out different strategies to move the time down. So it was a new summoning salt. If, if anybody who's, who's listening has heard of summoning salt, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. But it's so fun, and it goes in these little, like, little character portraits of like the people who did it, and like makes little jokes about their reactions because sometimes they like freak out and cry and, and they're on stream and sometimes mm-hmm. they just like sit there and they're like Ooh, in a weird way it, it reminds <laughs> me I, I know what you're talking about now and I'm sure that I've seen this creator because I can't imagine there's that many people making really long content about speedrunning <laughs> but it's interesting because we watched as a companion piece to Jackass we watched um, the Epically Later episode right. that they made about Bam Margera. And for those who don't know, Epically Later, it is uh, it was a YouTube show, then it was a Viceland show, and now it's gone because Vice is falling apart at the seams and they right. don't have anything going on anymore. Uh, but Epically Later, it was a show that like the thesis of it was we're going to treat skateboarding as if it is like high art and that sure. it's important and we're going to cover the people who create skate tricks as if they're creating important art. And... What's interesting is I think that that's kind of what the Salt Guy, Salt Bay. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Salt Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Salt Bay. I I think that's kind of the same sort of thesis in a way with speedrunning is like it's it comes from a position of speedrunning is cool and important and good. And you should just think of it that way already. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't think he's like making a conscious decision to do that. He's Mm -hmm. just a guy who's like deep in the world and like has a sort of like, like it's clearly made for people who are already in Mm -hmm. the world. He just like is a pretty decent documentary filmmaker. Like he writes these long scripts. Yeah. Like he just like really cares about these stories and thinks that they should be preserved. And it doesn't seem like he's like, I'm going to tell these normies about this world that I like and I'm going to sell it. I'm not a popularizer. He's just like, these, this is clearly important and you need to know about it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is so (laughs) precious. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. So that's what I watched this week. That's yeah. the one thing I watched this week besides Jackass <laughs> 2. I was busy, okay? Um, I watched The Irishman. Okay. Still haven't seen it. Let me just say, wow, <laughs> Marty, long movie. <laughs> very, very, very long. Very long movie. <laughs> it's three and a half? Three and a goddamn half. Yeah, that's it long. It is so unreasonably long. <laughs> and for so little to happen mm-hmm. i i don't know that's I, my favorite is when these directors who you know get smoke blown up their ass by hollywood mm-hmm. saying they're the everyone considers them to be one of the greatest directors and then everyone just forgets that they need an editor or like to tell them what yes. is good and you know like the whole idea of an auteur almost always necessarily like results in them just like having way too much freedom and yeah. like not collaborating and buying their and own we have bullshit two of them this year because we have this and we have Tarantino Tarantino's Hollywood whatever the fuck that uh, piece of shit that garbage <laughs> garbage movie um yeah they're they're both symptoms of the same sickness that happens yeah. to an auteur and I think that they're probably my two least favorite movies this year that I've seen. <laughs> Uh, and I, Hollywood once upon have we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think we brought it up very briefly uh, yeah. last week. That movie is bad. It's so, so boring, fucking bad. Um, um, 
And yeah. this is the same thing. It's the same movie. Basically. It's really that bad. It's really, really lousy. Because and I there's like a lot of really. I mean, it's it bears repeating. They're similar fucking movies. <laughs> like <laughs> they're long. They're boring. Nothing happens in them. It doesn't really seem to go anywhere. It doesn't really feel like it's a story that needed to be told. Sure. But it's carried exclusively on exceptional performances. Like, there's some people who do really well in Hollywood, and there's some people who do really well in this. I think Joe oh, Pesci, yeah. fantastic. Love to see him back on film. Um, De Niro's okay. De Niro's always okay. De Niro's always he okay. He hasn't been more than okay since Taxi Driver, really. Yeah, <laughs> like, I even think that that's like a, like a Stallone-esque like, early yeah, career. I mean sort of like a lining of the stars sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Raging Bull is fantastic. You know, I'm not saying he's never good, but he definitely is not always good. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that it's like him and Scorsese have a beautiful relationship, and I think right. that, like, they've made a lot of really fantastic work together. I think Raging Bull is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's an incredible film. And Pesci's really good in that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's really nice to see Pesci back on film, is all I'd really say. is like, it's nice to see him back in a movie doing fucking pesci shit right that was my whole take with hollywood mm-hmm. it was like every time leo and brad pitt are in the same scene together and have something to do and talk to each other their energy is magnetic yeah their chemistry is fantastic they're just a joy to watch and brad pitt's character you know they're just like so well designed mm-hmm. as like perfect little characters and they have a lot of stuff around them and then you spend zero time with them I know. like it sucks so bad because it's like you they set up this great chemistry and it's like this movie about two friends one's rich one's poor this nice little setup and then the movie is not about that yeah and it's like we spend the whole time separate it's and then everyone else sucks everything else is boring Nothing has any setup or or it goes anywhere yeah and it then should it, be and like, it's all for this an accomplishment almost that Tarantino managed to make the Manson family boring. Yeah. Like that every time you cut away to the Mansons, you're just like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. And then it's God. all in service of this stupid deus ex machina. Yeah. Oh, goddamn. So I probably still won't watch The Irishman. And it's funny because even the people on Twitter who think it's good, all they mention is how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> like the CGI is apparently terrible. The CGI is actually not terrible. I think it's pretty okay. Okay. Like it's weird. It takes some getting used to. Luckily, you have three and a half hours to do it. <laughs> uh, I think by the end of it, I had completely forgotten about the CGI. Mm. But yeah, it's it's lousy. It's not worth watching, I think. Right. Well, the uh, last time he like returned to the whole like mafia thing was Departed, which mm-hmm. it's still shocking to me to see people defend that movie. It's so bad. It's so awful. Yeah, The Departed's not great. But again... Lifted up by fantastic performances. Exactly. There's really, really good acting in that. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg, not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks in that movie, sucks in every movie. He's a bad actor. (laughs) He's funny, though. I mean, it's funny. He's He's got great comedic timing. He's a good meme. He's he's not a good dramatic actor, but he's a very good comedic actor, I think. (laughs) That's my my hot take. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. (laughs) Don't watch The Irishman. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, Just watch, like, in, in, in a couple months there'll be like a best of clip where you'll see like the best of Pesci in it and just watch that. That's all you need to see. <laughs> That's a good idea. I guess Pacino is kind of good too. He like 
He's the only one who seems like he wants to be there. I feel like there's this sort of nostalgia for these specific actors doing mm-hmm. a specific thing. And I'm sure if that's like really important to you or you just love people just get a rush from like seeing those guys do their thing and oh, I yeah. just don't get it. No, I don't that was care. For sure, like what I came into it with like was some level of excitement to say like hey, it's really nice to see Joe Pesci back. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to see Scorsese working with these guys again. I think that they've had magic together before. It's definitely possible that it could happen again. And I was dead fucking wrong. (laughs) There was like halfway through the movie was the point where usually like when my wife and I will watch a movie together, she falls asleep really early usually. and, And so when we're watching a movie, there's a point where she'll fall asleep and I'll pause the movie and we'll pick it up another time. Uh huh. Uh, and and this was like one of the rare times where she's like, you can. You can I don't walk. care. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all know where this is going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to movie news. Uh, a few trailers came out this week. Yes. One of them being Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Uh, directed by Jason Reitman, starring Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um. Not Eleven from Stranger Things, a different young girl <laughs> um, with weird hair. Um, and um, is it Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd's in it. I'm sure some other people are in it. What did you think of this trailer, Jeremy? It looks really dour. <laughs> it, it looks like they've managed to take a franchise where the emotional peak of the first movie mm-hmm. is a giant marshmallow monster <laughs> terrorizing a city. And they've managed to make it such a... like grim sad affair yeah i i I don't know so ghostbusters is one of the these nerd properties Mm -hmm. that has somehow gained this cultural reverence and clout that i do not i don't know how it happened because it is a it is basically sci-fi wayne's world <laughs> like it's a fucking SNL spin-off yes. show. Like it's it's a it's Night at the Roxbury with ghosts. Like it should not be this thing that people care about yeah. in this to this level. It's just a bunch of gr- asshole grifters who, mm-hmm. and nerds who do a funny thing. They have a ET basically and okay, they <laughs> Here's one thing that I'll disagree with you on. There's no grift happening. And here's why. I just watched uh, on Netflix, they have a show called uh, The Toys That Made Us, right? And it's like these little documentaries about toy companies inventing toys and shit. And it's weirdly compelling and I like it. But uh, they made a spinoff of it called The Movies That Made Us. And it's what you think it's going to be. It's like all these cult 80s, 90s movies that became like big in people's childhoods. Uh, and, And the stories behind them. I watched the one on Ghostbusters after I saw the trailer for this. And honest to God... Ghostbusters is like what Dan Aykroyd actually believes. Oh, about sup- the supernatural? Yes. <laughs> he oh, actually wow. like believes in ghosts and shit. And like he has this whole backstory where he's like, you know, like if you go back several generations in my family, there were paranormal things. <laughs> and like we have this like great, great aunt who who could like talk to the dead. That's and crazy. This is just what he believes. He's like a crystal skull weirdo. He like believes in like. No like, way. Yeah. He probably has a bomb shelter at his property <laughs> that he had built for 2012. Jesus Christ. He's a nut. Okay. So I will say that like Ghostbusters, sincere property. <laughs> If, if I could give it nothing else. <laughs> well, I meant so I meant that they the character like Venkman 
is mm-hmm. is is trying to do ESP to fuck bitches. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, they're they're scumbags, right? Yes. Like Egon and Ray are are nerds and they real are real believers, but they, you know, Venkman is just there for the money. Like right. it's just this like goofball comedy about assholes and nerds mm-hmm. who fall into being able to be heroes. It's a funny little movie that they just like wrote just to have riffs basically and yeah. maybe ray clearly dan record was like let's make it about ghosts i love ghosts uh-huh. <laughs> but like it's nothing else just a comedy right right it'd be like yeah i just can't understand how it reached this level where we look at a ghost trap and all of these like fucking nerds like are, look at it like it's a lightsaber or death darth vader's like it's not a cultural touchstone which itself is already absurd right it's already like, but yeah, Ghostbusters really crept up, it yeah. feels like. And it, honestly, like... I like the movie. It's cute, It's a cute I guess. movie. It's fine. The second one is... I don't even remember it, really. It's got the the Vlad the Conqueror or whatever painting. Oh, it's got, like, and it's, got it's like a river on, of goo under yeah, the... Yeah, hate goo. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's It's, fine. it's funny. It's, but you know what it is? It it cropped up around the the... 2016 one or whatever it was whatever year that was that i feel like there already was enough nostalgia to like warrant a remake Mm -hmm. like there was people that's one of the reasons people were mad about it but that's what i mean though is that it's like i think that a lot of it was gamer gators who (laughs) sold themselves on the idea that Ghostbusters was important. Oh, interesting. In order to be mad at that movie. <laughs> right. I think it also probably has to do with the toys and the ga- and the cartoons. Sure. And like people Ecto-cooler just have like cooler. Yeah, there's like shit. It's like all these fucking infantile people yeah. who only hang on to the shit that made them happy when they were kids because they have nothing else in their future right. or present. <laughs> um and they just want little doses of dopamine of this sort of nostalgia yeah um so i don't get it i don't, I don't get it it I, looks like stranger things like here's the here's it, the, it looks like shit it looks like it's gonna be <laughs> shit and what's amazing is that nobody's mad about this <laughs> the moment they said that they were getting like Kristen wig and and uh leslie jones oh yeah everyone and, was mad came again everybody was furious everybody was ready to go to fucking war over yeah. The Bill Murray movie, you know, like people are ready to fucking kill over that movie, and then this looks from from a glance way worse. <laughs> this looks much much worse, a- and nobody's mad. Well, it to me the this trailer looks like a if it was not Ghostbusters and it was a young adult. Mm-hmm. Like if it was like a young adult book adaptation where it was like two kids move to a new town and go to their old grandfather's house and he turns out he was a sci-fi guy and <laughs> they have to go fight monsters with his old stuff. I'd be like, okay, mildly interesting premise yeah. for children. It's a clearly a kid's movie. Right. No one would be talking about this. It's not interesting. It's kind of an old, it's like a rehash concept. Yeah. So it's like, fine. I'm not going to go run out and see this like holes level <laughs> movie. Yeah. It, that's what it looks like. It looks like holes or like it's it kind of transitions well Bridge into Tiber- our next uh, movie news topic though because it's very similar to Star Wars in this way okay. where you look at you know what what they're saying like you look at the the trailer, you look at everything around it and you're like this is a kids property. Yeah. But they 
are so hell-bent on not making it a kid's property. Right. And that's what's so baffling about this all. Is like, <laughs> about Star Wars. About Star Wars, about Ghostbusters, about kind of like this modern era of sci-fi action. Like, nobody's going to make a fifth element again. Right, well, they're not... No one's ever going to make a fifth element again because we're so hell-bent on taking kid shit and making it for adults. Well, because all ev- adults are babies now. Yeah. Like they're they're like everyone put pads themselves with like their favorite little like products, visual medium, artistic products now are entirely in service of escapism. Right. And the best kind of escapism is like backward-looking reactionary nostalgia dopamine drips. Mm-hmm. Like that's all it is and like that's the only thing people want. I kind of disagree, but I think that's what that's what Disney wants you to think. It's like that's what they're selling you, mm-hmm. and that's all they're going to give you. Well, and I think they're. I don't think they're wrong, but I don't think they're right. Essentially, is what I mean. Like I, I don't think that they're wrong that people want that because clearly they do. I mean, Star Wars is going to make a billion dollars. You know, Ghostbusters sure. going to make a lot of money. Yes. All these are going to do well because people do want it, but people don't. They don't people, need it. People love that drip. Mm-hmm. That feeling but people also love discovery and people love being surprised yes and like you can prove this by all of the successful things that were almost scrapped right or like we're not successful at first but found a cult following on home video or whatever mm-hmm. um I, I remember talking to um a fairly famous producer who will not be named okay. um <laughs> but i was talking to a movie producer and he was saying like well I was trying to ask him about this exact question and I was like have there has there ever been a movie you didn't believe in that got the same marketing budget as a movie you did okay and he was like well no and I was like you don't think that marketing budgets tie at all to how many people go see a movie and he's like well they do I was like so you're just saying you're admitting that you're making movies fail that you don't believe in and he was like I guess <laughs> like these people don't think about it at all. Right, yeah. Like they don't give the movies like that they think are scary that people won't quote unquote won't like, like um, like a fifth element right. or something that takes a risk, any marketing budget because they already think it's going to sink. And so it's a f- fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the Bernie Sanders thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's the it's fucking the elect- thing where people are it's like, electability. It's electability. It's, it's, this is never going to work. It can't work. And the reason why it's not going to work is because you don't think it's going to right. work. And they don't even, these are people who are dumber than that. Like <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, you think about, you know, these media class people who are like, uh, well, we have this data and polls. People in in film do not have polls. They don't have, they have nothing but ticket sales. They have ticket and sales and they have focus groups. After the fact. Mm-hmm. And they do not do math. There is nobody there after the fact being like, well, we spent this much and that resulted in this much tickets. No, these are people who are getting fired and hired <laughs> within months. Right. So it's like, there's nobody even looking at the polls, you know, there's no polls. Well, the closest thing they have to polls is market research. They have focus groups. And the the failing point of focus groups is that the people who do focus groups are people like me. Yeah. I do focus groups. (laughs) And I do focus groups because the people who recruit for focus groups don't give a shit who ends up in them. (laughs) Yeah. It's this like wild chain with so many points of failure. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's insane. The the people who recruit for a focus group are like, you know, do you like uh, do you like sci-fi movies? And I'll be like, uh, not really. It's not my favorite genre. And they're like, would you say it's kind of your favorite genre? <laughs> and I'm like, 
Yeah, I would say it's kind of my favorite <laughs> genre. And then you end up at the focus group. You get paid your $100 no matter what happens. So you don't give a shit about giving them a real opinion. Right, who cares? You know, so you just end up like hanging out, watching like the Ghostbusters show. I watched one for... Um, the Spider-Man where he goes to Italy. Far from home. Far from home. I watched one for Far from Home and they're like, so how do you feel about the score? And I was like, it sucks. <laughs> and they're like, okay, so what if we took all the music out of it? I was like, well, don't take all the music out of it. <laughs> like the people who are there aren't the people making creative decisions. So the shit that they're throwing out to you as yeah. ideas for fixing it are never <laughs> like good ideas. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really stupid. But, the, but they are right that it takes a little bit of effort to make something original that you believe in which is right. a having taste which they're all fucking terrified they don't have because mm-hmm. most of them don't they fucking either they didn't go to any kind of school or they went to film school and so they think the best movies are fucking scorsese movies and mm-hmm. you know tarantino or whatever and so they don't really know what taste is right and so they're all just trying to suck up to whoever they think has good taste Dude, which is just the person in power like scorsese and tarantino it's it's more shit like this that wouldn't get made now. Yeah. Well, you could never have a Tarantino now for us to be saying, like, you know, that's what you think is good. You don't have taste. Like, it took somebody with taste to have given Tarantino a chance to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it, well, kind of. Yeah, so it's just a, it's a, it's a fucking, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. The, the, fil- the films industry is absolutely bullshit. Yeah. It's worse than music, because at least now, music has, like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, in the 90s, it was, like, the movies, the movie industry now. Like, we pick the artists, we put them on the radio, and this is who you fucking listen to. And now there's, like, SoundCloud, and it's, like, we don't know who's going to be famous. Like, Lil Nas X was not handpicked. Right. Like, that guy was just, like, I'm going to make a million listen song or billion yeah, listen he, song. He willed himself into being Lil right. Nas X. And then the industry is just like, okay, that looks like a famous to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, And so, I mean, I think one day... My hope for this coming generation is that there will be Zoomer directors right. on TikTok, on YouTube, who make really interesting film or movies, videos, and then they're just like, well, I guess you have a show now. Yeah. You know, and like they, the industry starts throwing money at people, and that's how people watch, because that's, what mostly, what pe- that's mostly what Zoomers nowadays watch. It's starting to happen a little bit. I mean, the guys from Marble Hornets yep. are kind of like an early example of this. They made a show that was really good and interesting and weird and and unlike anything else that was out there. And then somebody bought the idea from them and turned it into a bunch of hack bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of the dream? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Um, you get the money after. You know, you make the cool thing, then you get the money after, and then they can pervert it and turn it into whatever dumb bullshit they want to turn it into. Right. It's so funny to watch them just scramble like this because we're talking about Ryan Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, we didn't really intro this, this new no. story, but so the new Star Wars is coming out uh next week right I, yes i think it's like next week or the week after it's it's very soon it's a christmas movie and in in the press tour Junk, heading up yeah. to it everybody has thrown ryan johnson under the bus right. everybody's saying how excited they are to be working with jj again you know and like <laughs> aren't we all excited to be working with jj again and yeah. ryan you know he really just didn't know what he was doing with it and kind of made a mess out of it and this is kind of what we're talking about too is it's just like God bless Ryan Johnson, quite honestly, <laughs> for being the only person to have the fucking balls to, like, actually go for something. Yeah. 
And that movie is a mess. It's a mess. But it has parts where it's like, ooh, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, the, again, not going to defend fucking The Last Jedi because it's a mess. But it's fun in places. Yeah. And I think I think it's their fault. It's probably J.J. Abrams' fault himself for J.J. Abrams has ruined everything. Like, everything he's ever touched is bad because of him, because he insists on doing this insane thing where it's like, we'll write it as we go. Yeah. Let's not have a plan. And that's, like, ruined every good television show. It's, like, he's, his um, influence on Lost. Yeah, Lost. Okay, so Lost. And this, this is going to go on another tangent now, but, like, the other guy from Lost is Damon Lindelof. Yes. Who Also now, ruins everything. I disagree. I think that he's... So so I think that they're kind of like the different sides of this where like JJ Abrams has this like wild need to like to to set up these mystery boxes to like set it up for for people to be like tune in next week what's going to happen yeah. what's going to happen and then nothing ever happens because he doesn't have an idea for what's on the other end. Right. And he's not smart enough to solve his own puzzles. Yeah. Like that's the big <laughs> problem. It's like yeah, I, I and it's also he brings it to feature films. It's like you can't do that. The f- the f- movie has to have an arc. Yes. Like end the movie. And so and so that's what <laughs> fucked Ryan Johnson over is that JJ Abrams left him with all these problems to solve. But what I was going to say is that Ryan Johnson is very similar to Damon Lindelof. Mm. And so I'm watching Watchmen now. There the last episode is is this weekend or whatever and it's kind of taken a turn for the worse. I think I started out really enjoying it and it's kind of taken a, a turn into like this absurd cartoony bullshit that I kind of don't like anymore. But I keep Not saying surprised. to myself as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know what though? Like I have to give him credit. Like Damon Lindelof always takes a swing. For right. It. And that's really admirable to see in somebody making film now, like that he's actually willing to go out there and be like, you know what? This is going to be ridiculous and probably really stupid but at least i'm fucking going for it at least i'm not gonna be like the the guy shoving like five more atsts onto the screen to make sure that sure to 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 make sure that uh you know we we make our money back on the toy sales yeah yeah well that's so i mean my thing about ryan johnson's attempt was that i do blame him for not doing what he should have done which is being smarter than J.J. Abrams. He could have done everything that he did in that movie and say, okay, but we need to give Snoke something to do. We, I'm going to take all of the puzzles you set up, all the black boxes where it's like, mm-hmm. what is, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with this? And then I'm going to actually do something and give the next person like a good path right. and like have some structure and talk about everything and be like, this, all of this is going to grow out of the the first one, then I'm going to do this with the second one, and then the next movie is going to look like this. Mm-hmm. We're all going to agree on that. <laughs> That's how you have to do a movie. Right. Uh, you can't just be like, have fun. Yeah, I think the best tweet I saw about this this week was somebody saying, my controversial opinion about Star Wars is that they should have had an idea for all three movies before they made them. Yeah, no fucking shit. It's, it's absolutely crazy. bizarre how much it feels like this is being made a la carte. Right, and then to turn around and be like, well, we let Ryan Johnson do whatever he want, did not have a structure, he didn't have to hit any points, we let him, we just let, the, let him out in the water, like mm-hmm. treading water, and uh, he did some cool stuff and he did some really stupid stuff stuff and now it's all his fault it's like no jj abrams it's your fault it's your fault it's always been your fault the first movie blows i'm um, the seventh movie blows yeah <laughs> the, the eighth movie blows for different reasons and the ninth movie is gonna be worse 
Like, yeah, there's no I'm way this movie can. Be, I mean, I, I'll watch it. I'm gonna see it, and and I disagree with you that they're all bad. But they're I think all also bad. That, like, <laughs> ultimately, my opinion on Star Wars is that it's a kids' movie where people shoot each other with lasers, and so any time that I see that feels like a return on investment for me. <laughs> <laughs> I. It's kind of like Dragon Ball in a way where it's like this you're, is what I'm saying. You're you're, sus- you're watching it for a reason. You're we're there all to see susceptible the like to you're not there to see yeah. like the 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 interplay between Frieza and Goku. And like <laughs> what is that? Well, you we're know, all susceptible to the nostalgia trip. Yeah, but I for me it's just not enough. Like what I think is good about Star Wars is the banter. Okay. Is the is the, the is the pu- is the puppets uh-huh. you know and like there's never enough of the puppets there's never enough of like the clever dialogue That's from the true. second my movie. My appetite for puppets has not been sated. My appetite for puppets is infinite. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna go home and watch the Dark Crystal show again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Let's move on to our last story and then move on to Jackass. Okay. The last story we're going to talk about on movie news is Richard Jewell, a movie by Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. is being... About the inventor of Jewell. About, yeah. J-U-U-L, the vaping <laughs> system, is being sued by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, I don't know if they're suing the movie or the studio or whatever, but they're, they're, being, they're suing the movie, basically, because of... Um, treating one of their detec- or their uh, journalists mm-hmm. in a very unflattering way. So the, the this movie is about Richard Jewell, who is an ex-cop and security guard who um, did basically the only cool thing a cop has ever done. <laughs> right, which, which is, is find a bomb and keep it from going off. <laughs> <laughs> right, he basically just John McClane in real life. <laughs> he was uh, working the 1996 Summer Olympics as a security guard. He called the police and helped evacuate the area before the bomb exploded, saving many people from in- injury, and was initially called a hero by the media. But then the FBI for some reason, decided to investigate him, and then the media sort of started reporting that and basically right. calling him a terrorist. Um, and then he sued a bunch of people after the FBI finished. Yeah, because he wasn't a terrorist. He didn't. He literally just alerted the police to a bomb and helped helped out. But he filed lawsuits against NBC News, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, who is one of the people basically the Atlanta Journal Constitution was the paper that basically broke the story that the FBI was investigating him. Right. And uh so he sued a bunch of them um almost all of he won almost all of them except for the <laughs> Atlanta Journal Constitution one really? which they were just like fuck you. <laughs> um and I believe he um they said they basically said that they either settled out of out of a uh, court or whatever it doesn't matter point is is now Clint Eastwood made this movie about him and (laughs) I don't know if it's for revenge purposes Mm -hmm. but he made the Atlanta Constitution journalist like this weird very uh, untrustworthy person who pays or like offers sex for leads okay. <laughs> like she like offers to blow somebody for Whoa. like the um for for the story on Please on Richard Jules game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so it's a weird story because it seems like a you know Colin Eastwood is a reactionary. Yeah. Like he's a some of kind of libertarian white supremacist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not cool, but he's making a pretty interesting movie about, uh, I think the story is interesting. This guy whose life was ruined by the FBI and the media. Mm-hmm. Strange to take on 
such a topic from from him i think except that it like definitely falls under the libertarian idea of like the government is bad the liberal media ruins everything right this hero cop you know like it's the perfect little story for him but it could be interesting i'm i'm interested to see it i far be it from me to to sympathize with clint eastwood or cops yeah but i mean this is a story that i think is interesting and worth telling especially sure it's really hard to gussy up the ending of it to be a reactionary point i imagine at least i'm looking forward to seeing how I, it does it. it's gonna but, be hilarious i mean but the end of the story is that like the guy's name is cleared uh you know he sues all the people for libel and then they end up finding the guy who really did it two years later when he yeah. bombs a Planned Parenthood and an LGBT center. Yeah. And then it turns out that that dude sent like, a, he he did like a communique. He sent them like his, his intentions and whatever, where he's just like, uh, yeah, uh, the Olympics is socialism. This is fucking <laughs> stupid. He literally says like, the yeah. Olympics is socialism. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, you guys are globalists. I fucking hate this. <laughs> uh, here, have a fucking bomb. You know, like, he, uh, and I just I can't imagine how you could possibly unless the end of the story is and then nothing happened. That's probably what it's it going to be. It turns out that I mean we were talking about this before we started recording, but I think that my my perception of the Olympic bombing before literally right now as I read about it was like oh yeah, and then they just like there was a bomb and then that's the end of the story. Yeah, I didn't even know about this guy honestly because I was too young at the time to really have paid much attention to it. Sure, but my impression of it has always been like oh yeah, somebody put a bomb there. Don't know what happened after that. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I- <laughs> I'm just a kid. I'm too busy with like pokemon cards. right well it also wasn't immediately any kind of political like people were just like well it must have yeah. been terrorists and who knows what that means it's 1996 yeah we don't we don't even know what that looks like um so yeah it's a it's a definitely i have a feeling that clint eastwood will do what he often does and sort of like inserts his own very strange political beliefs into mm. it but i definitely want to see someone talk shit on the fbi for two hours like that yeah. seems cool that <laughs> The idea that he takes a female reporter and be like, she sucked cock for the story. It's right. like, that's already delving into changing the story to very much fit his sort of reactionary political beliefs. So, right. I don't know. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's true. Yeah, well, they were shitty about everything to Richard Jewell. Right. I mean, I don't know. We don't know the... But they're suing them, so it'll be funny to see what happens. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep reporting on the story or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Probably but, not. We'll uh, probably you know, follow, follow us on Twitter. We'll probably tweet about it. Yeah. Realistically, probably never talk about it. Yeah. Again. Anyway, let's talk about Jackass. Jackass. <laughs> okay. So this week, we, we decided to kind of uh, take a hard turn away from what we were doing before. Because we're still we're still early days here. This is only our third episode. We're trying to establish a pattern. You're in on the ground floor. Yeah, trying to figure out what the show's going to be. And I think that moving away from movies that have a direct and clear political analysis you can make of them towards something that it's quite honestly difficult to, to analyze in any sort of way <laughs> Yeah, is, I think, uh, 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 an advisable move. <laughs> well, I so yeah, we when we first started talking about this show, we talked about how we wanted to do, or I wanted to do, um, all kinds of different moving picture pieces. You know, right. we wanted to talk about YouTube series. We want to talk anything that interested us that you could technically call a movie, I wanted to have included because it's more about like 
visual medium as a cultural thing, a political and cultural um, tool. Um, and that's sort of how I think about art in general, specifically film and video. Um, so Jackass <laughs> is something that we both care deeply about. Yes. Um, and I think we both have really good memories of seeing Jackass too. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about why it's so important to us as people and culturally. So what, when did you first see Jackass 2? I don't know if I could pinpoint it because I don't think I saw it in theaters. Okay. I think I saw it later. But I can tell you that the most I saw Jackass 2 was <laughs> uh, when I started... Uh, okay, so when you, when you start in stand-up comedy, okay. one of the first things people tell you is you need to have your own show. Uh, it helps you to, you know, like to, to, to move up the ranks a little bit if you have something to offer people, right? So they tell you, like, find a bar that that has a night that they don't get a lot of business and ask them if you can start a show there, right? Yeah. So I found a bar called Stairs, and Stairs is on the Lower East Side. I think it's still there, actually, uh, because I'm pretty sure that it was a front. But um, (laughs) The best kind of bar. Stairs is a bar that is a gay bar in name only because they are theoretically a gay bar, but in practice, they are an empty bar. There's nobody <laughs> ever at stairs. Okay. Anytime I go there, there's nobody there. So I, I convinced them to let me do a show. They have a bartender who is there every day. It's the only bartender they have on staff, okay. very clearly. And all he ever does is watch jackass movies. <laughs> he has this TV behind the bar that is constantly playing. Wow. Jackass, Jackass 2, Jackass 3D, Jackass 3.5, like all the, of the, the iterations yeah. of it. Like, and the show. I and assume. the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just constant loop every week. <laughs> this is a weekly comedy show that I'm doing. By the time, you know, that show ends, there's like five other comedians who have who have latched onto this place because Every night's a slow night at stairs. Yeah. And every time I go there, all that's on is jackass. <laughs> and honestly, never been happier to see something <laughs> at a bar. It's so funny. Every time you can just like step in and step out perfectly every time. <laughs> so Jackass 2 is to me in my top five favorite comedy films of all time. Mm-hmm. It is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. The first time I saw Jackass 2 was in the theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Jackass 1 in the theater. Okay. Even though I was a big... So, quick history was, I was not allowed to watch very much stuff on television. Mm-hmm. By the time high school rolled around, I was anyway, you know? But, like, I yeah, would have yeah, to hide it. Like, I would watch it really low on a TV in my room. Um, but Jackass, I caught my dad watching it. Okay. And laughing. And I walked down. I was like, are you watching Jackass? He's like, no. Covering the screen. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Night Court. I'm watching Night Court. <laughs> it's John Hannity. But I, well, basically we found out that we both li- really liked this show right. that was sort of this new thing that none of us had really... It was basic because I grew up watching Funny Sound videos with my parents uh-huh. uh, every week, you know? It was like a family thing. We'd watch, right, yeah. you know, people get hit in the face with a baseball bat or whatever and laugh. So when Jackass came out, it really just felt like a sort of edgier home America's Funniest Home Videos yeah, to me. Yeah, like a consistent cast. Yeah, exactly. And even the if you go back and watch the first season, it's it's not even a cast. Like you don't really know who these people are. They're right. not really talking to each other. It's just footage. Mm-hmm. And so. It's sort of just random videos that are funny. Um, and me and my dad started watching it all the time. Yeah. So by the time I was in 
by the time the movie came out, I'm a huge fan of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding out who Spike Jones is, but I didn't get to see that one in theaters for some reason. Right. But two was my first movie theater going Jackass experience. So Jackass one was my first theater going without parents experience. Oh, it's the your first very thing first I ever saw on my own. Wow! And it was me and my friend Justin, who I feel like I like lost touch with over the years or whatever. But uh, me and my friend Justin go see Jackass at the mall. And we get dropped off and like later on picked up because we're like little kids. We don't have any means of getting there otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember watching it and then immediately we leave the theater and wordlessly, neither of us says anything to the other one. <laughs> but we both understand at that very moment that we are to slide down the middle of the escalator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's like the two sides of the escalator and there's the metal thing in the middle. Yeah. We both just like dive down <laughs> <laughs> Face first? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, holy yeah, yeah, shit. Like uh, Mario 64 penguin slide. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah. And this, that's, this was Jackass 1? This is Jackass 1, yeah. Okay, so, and so this is what Jackass, I think, is for a certain generation of people, is like, it's very, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but it's, it's obviously it's very heavily influenced by skate videos, but sure. I think it has the same impact on people where skate videos, primarily what they make you want to do is go out and skate. Sure. And Jackass makes you want to go out and do some dumb shit. And it's like <laughs> to make really your cool. friends laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, I was always a chicken. You know, I've never been interested in doing stunts. Yeah. I liked skateboarding. Uh, I had some friends who were really good skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them got sponsored in LA. Um, and I was like, I was only 12 when, when I left LA. Right. So like, all of my skateboarding friends were in LA. That's when I started. When I moved to New York, or when I moved to North Carolina, mm-hmm. I sort of just only skated around my neighborhood because I didn't really have any friends. So it was just like kind of a mode of transport, and I learned how to heel flip, yeah, like and grind a little bit. So it wasn't very good. Right. It was sort of just a fun thing to do. Um, but then through that, I kind of met guys like this. Yeah, you meet these sort of kids who are, you know, funny, loud obnoxious you know like all Mm -hmm. these sort of like jocular teens or whatever and they're doing funny shit and they're you know it's funny to laugh at them fall down um and that's just what the show was to me it was like hanging out with friends it was like seeing people do the funny things that i like to watch them do except they were funnier and cuter and right. more entertaining, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to watch all the times that it doesn't work, or you don't have to, like... Right. You, know, you don't have to deal with their bullshit. You don't have to deal with their bullshit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because probably it's most of the Jackass guys, I would imagine, were assholes or are assholes. Right. Like, it's hard to imagine them being really cool guys, mm-hmm. you know, to hang around with all the time. But you definitely do have a few friends, at least I did, you know, who are like this. Yes. Where it's like... Sure, they piss you off sometimes. They're annoying, but like they're always funny mm-hmm. and they're always interesting to be around. Um, and so it's just like a big group of people who seem to really like each other, right? Um, making each other laugh, and it's just a joy to be around them for two hours. I think, yeah, and I think that this was like wildly influential on a generation of comedians. Yes, like I think that there's a lot of people my age who didn't get into comedy because of sitcoms, didn't get into comedy because of stand-up, you know, didn't get into comedy for any of those reasons. They got into comedy because they wanted to make stupid little videos. Yeah. Like, me and my friends made stupid little videos. They weren't, like, pranks or stunts or anything like that, 
but we picked up a camera for the first time and made stupid little videos because we saw jackass right well i had a small website with my friend Mm -hmm. that was stupid little videos the website and it was like (laughs) i didn't do any i mostly just filmed yeah but i definitely filmed my friends like we had a sketch where my friend walked up and asked if he could light a cigarette that they had a lighter and they would just like put it up his nose mm-hmm. and then like have them light it in his nose like a complete stranger. Yeah. And it was funny to us, you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of stuff was directly from Jackass. Yeah. You know, we were just like, let's freak people out and, you know, make people laugh. And it's, that was the whole, I, that was the whole concept. Yeah. It's, it's what people always say about like those early days of punk rock. Yeah. Where so there's a story that I've heard Henry Rollins tell before where he goes to see the Ramones the first time that they tour through the DC area and he goes to this okay. show, a tiny club, packed out, everybody is, you know, shoulder to shoulder in this club watching the Ramones and everybody's freaking out because they're like they look just like they do in the in the on the <laughs> album cover. Like yeah. they're Leather those are the same jeans. jeans. He doesn't have other jeans. <laughs> Those are the same jeans, you know, and like everybody's freaking out watching them play and then they leave and he talks about like getting outside and like kind of recovering with his friends and doing like the post-show ritual of, you know, drinking water and eating some food and whatever and like getting your strength back after you've seen a band. Mm -hmm. And he says that within a year, everybody who he went there with started a band and those bands are like minor threat. You know, those bands are like uh, uh, Fugazi. Yeah, well, Fugazi comes later, oh, right. but like, you know, minor, but minor threat leads to Fugazi, which Gray leads matter. to indie rock as we know <laughs> it. You know, so it's it's kind of this same. I guess what I'm saying is it's it, a nodal it's, point. It's this, it's this nodal point where you see it, and and for the first time in your life, you consider I could do this. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's what Jackass is. Is it's it's the punk rock. It's it's seeing somebody playing a three chord song and being like. I can do that. Yes. Not like that sort of, you know, comedian at an open mic seeing somebody suck and being like, well, I could do that. Right. It's an I can do that. It's inspirational. It's inspirational. And it, it's it. all, you know, when I talk about jackass with people, I almost forget that I'm talking about jackass because <laughs> I really honestly fucking believe this. Like the jackass, are, jackass is way impo- more important to me and my life than the Ramones ever were. Uh-huh. Like, and basically any other band. <laughs> 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 like, seriously. Because to me, like, I always wonder, I think that the alchemy of getting Bam and Ryan Mm -hmm. um, and Knoxville together, because Knoxville is much older. Like, I've always wondered how much Spike Jonze's, like, influence made Jackass what it is. Right. Because, have you ever watched CKY videos? Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Like, there's something there that's special right but it isn't jackass not quite to me yeah totally and i think i think that jeff tremaine the director of this film Mm -hmm. and all of jackass um and spike jones the producer taking seeing the 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 really special stuff that bam and ryan were doing and his friends Mm -hmm. and then looking at what johnny knoxville was doing which were like sort of proto youtube videos where it was like 
but he was writing about them. Like, do you know yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah, he was like, doing like um, he was doing like he was getting tased and stuff, and then writing articles, like about it. testing weapons on himself, and then yeah. writing an article about it. It was like this sort of very strange comedy writing performance art stuff, <laughs> and then being like, "You should meet Bam. <laughs> you guys would get along." And it's wild that all these things were happening independent of one another. Because I yeah. I went and read about a couple more people in the cast afterwards. I Steve-O. know Steve-O had been doing prank videos and sending them to Big brother and that I knew so I knew about CKY I knew that Steve-O was doing it I knew that Knoxville was doing it I didn't realize that um is it Dave England yeah Dave England was also just making videos on his own yeah he had been a professional snowboarder who like hurt himself really bad and then you know had to do something else (laughs) so he started making stupid videos like all these people independently of one another all over the country were just making these stupid videos yeah i actually don't know how danger aaron and preston got involved Uh, i think it's the same thing they were just like kind of all like at the advent of vhs Uh a bunch of losers (laughs) losers yeah. <laughs> who were funny and had something to show but had nothing else to offer the world yeah that's what's so crazy about it too is that it kind of has that sort of like like modern fail son sort of vibe to it where you're like these are people who if this wasn't gonna work for them were definitely gonna be either working at a gas station or dead on drugs yeah like that's all that <laughs> yeah or just drinking themselves <laughs> or, or just like drinking themselves to death in mm-hmm. a shitty marriage and like working at a you know mechanic or right. something like these blue collar kids who like like bam does seems to be the richest one and he's like his dad owned a business or something yeah, if you watch the old videos of them like and and in the epically later that we watched like you'd see a little bit of the early life and it's like at best they're like middle class <laughs> yeah they're you know they're not super well yeah. off they're just a sub he's a suburban like new, new england kid mm-hmm. you've know you know ton of a ton of them so yeah it seems very strange that all of these people were put together i mean not to like auteur it but I think Spike Jones's hand is in here. Oh, for sure. Because, yes. And I think that the biggest thing he did was shield everyone from touching it. By that, I mean, like, letting any producer be like, we should maybe have a story. Should we have, like, oh, yes. people, like, look at the camera and tell, like, introduce themselves? You know, like, right, right, should right. we have these sort of, like, real world style, like, vlogs mm-hmm. where they, like, look at the camera and be like, oh, bam. God, it would be so much worse. It could have happened. It could have happened. It so easily could have happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if they hadn't been, like this is what it is, you're not changing it, we're just putting this on television, it would have been a completely different show. And I think think that Spike Jones his brain is like, no, 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 it's gotta be this. Yeah. And I think that's his biggest... There's stuff that you can see is influenced by skate videos and there's stuff that you can see is from somewhere else entirely. Like, the idea of opening them with, I'm Johnny Knoxville and this is the name of the stunt. You know, like, they give everything a name, everything starts with them to the camera saying, I'm this person and this is this thing. That's not from anything. <laughs> no. That's just something that somebody magicked. You know, yeah, somebody that's just, just made that. <laughs> Knoxville doing his thing. Yeah. And and the rest of it, like, you can see, you know, the style of filming it is obviously from skate videos. They're using wide angle lenses. They're using low angles. They're using, like, all these tricks that you use in skate videos to make obstacles look bigger. You know, yeah. that's all there. And then the element of, like, the end of it is a pop from a crowd. That's from skating, too. Like, when you hit a big trick, you always see the homies off to the side. We're always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, (laughs) you, you know, you as as somebody who's involved in skating, like, you understand that, like, that trick was after 30 attempts, you know? Yeah. Somebody finally hit it, and that's why everybody's stoked. 
right? But but these, it's just like they're only taking the catharsis. They're not. <laughs> there's no yeah. part of you that's just like I bet they tried this bull seesaw thing like nine times. No, that's the first that's one. The first and only. <laughs> And they're never doing that again. Yeah, um, and that but, gives it an urgency that's really interesting, yeah. where like all of these shots are so vital because there's no second take. Right. You can't do a second take. Somebody like should have died already. <laughs> yeah, well, the funny thing is, is like when we watch the epically latered, uh-huh. Jeff Tremaine is interviewed in that in that episode, and he's like, "Bam, can I use this footage that you and your." teenage friend shot Mm -hmm. so we can pitch something to MTV and Bam and Dunn were just like I guess sure whatever (laughs) and like Jeff was like I don't know what this is I don't know what we just sold to MTV and Spike Jones was like no it'll be cool Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's that this was Jackass as a concept was a flash in the pan mm-hmm. of just absolute genius by no one. Yeah. Like by a group of people who didn't know what they were doing and just sort of figured out how to make each other laugh in this very pure way. Dude, it's the Ramones. It is. That's the story of the Ramones. <laughs> the Ramones are four idiots who don't know what they're doing, <laughs> yeah. who get together, and they're not trying to make a new genre. They're not trying to make anything except their their biggest influence are like these children's artists who are singing songs about the alphabet. They'll tell you that openly. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we were just trying to rip off these kind of like goofy pop songs. That's all this was about. <laughs> and, and then the the aesthetic that they chose was they read a book about like boy gangs in like the <laughs> 20s. And they were like, yeah, what if we all dressed like a gang, you know? <laughs> and, and you hear them talk about their sets and like how they would devise how they would play live. And they're like, yeah, you know, like, uh, that was one of our best sets we ever did. Uh, we had, uh, it was a 40 minute set and we fit 30 songs into it. And you're like, that's how you measure how good a set is. <laughs> it's just these idiots who just happened upon the right place Formula, for yeah. their idiocy to excel, you know? Right. And it's so with Jackass too, and I think we should talk about your favorite bits uh-huh. in the thing. Yeah. Um, my favorite. So. I, we've talked a long time about something without explaining it at all. So if you've never seen or heard of Jackass, I'm sorry. The show <laughs> is basically nine or ten dudes doing little stunts that hurt each other. That's it. That's the whole yeah. show. There's no talking. There's no like scenes. Yeah, there's no it's like nothing. There's, there's no nothing story. Between them. It's just like cut, cut, cut. Like some of them are a it little is, longer. Yeah. Some of them are a little shorter. But ultimately, it's just really really ADD sort of like flashes of things happening yeah and you would think that would be very strange to watch and very boring uh it is not it is incredibly entertaining and I think one of my favorite things about Jackass especially the films Mm -hmm. um which I can't say anymore now after what we talked about (laughs) especially the movies um Jack because the the move the show doesn't really have as much of this but the movies have these interludes, mm-hmm. these sort of before and after the stunts, right? Yeah. Where you get to see who these people are. Right. And the show doesn't really do this as much, but my favorite bits always have a really good moment of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorite bits oh, I in... I think we're going to say the same one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I, I think I know which one you're think, talk, talking about, but I'm going to say the one where they test out the riot control 
Oh, okay. Gear. Okay. There's this yeah. moment where Dave England is like, I'm going to have a panic attack. I cannot do this. Right. Because so basically the stunt is this weird rectangle that shoots rubber pellets. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, going to be the clip at the beginning of the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the thing you heard at the beginning, it's, um, it's, it's an explosion and then like pellets fly at you and yeah. shoot you with like it's a riot Bullets. control thing. Yeah. It's for, they, they say it's for the front of like embassies or whatever. Like, yes, exactly. And for, so you install them in a place to control riots because you're doing something that people want to riot about. Yeah. So <laughs> Knoxville apparently heard about this. You can see what you get to see is very minimal, but you get to put together that Knoxville mm-hmm. was like, I used to do the the weapons testings. Yeah. Uh, I found out this really crazy one that can hit multiple people at once. Yeah. We should do this. Yeah. And then they go there and they watch, they, they watch them test it on dummies and all of them are like, fuck you. <laughs> no way. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're going to die. And Knoxville is like, no, it'll be fine. It's footage. Yeah. That's the line. The line, that's the line, the is line says, in the it's footage. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> What a like amazing, amazing little insight into the jackass process yes. that is. And and it's footage. like it's it's gonna be funny. We're gonna get hurt and it'll be loud. Yeah. And it's footage. It'll be fun for people to see. It'll make people laugh. Like that's what he's saying. Yeah. Is that that it'll be worth it because it'll be funny to watch. And Dave England is just like, no, he clearly had said sure, but then he knows out. And then Bam and Ryan it cuts and then Bam and Ryan are there doing it with Jackass right. with with Johnny Knoxville mm-hmm. um but they have paintball masks on like they were like he's like I'm not going to do it without it yeah and then Johnny well, at this point Bam is like famous because yeah. this is like the first one had already come out the show had been on for a while Bam is like at the height of his popularity at this point so yeah for sure he's like he, I'm not fucking with my face yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, also, it's just they didn't want to get hurt because Knoxville always is putting his hand on his dick Yeah, because he doesn't want to get hit in the balls because uh-huh. I guess that would hurt the most. Well, he um, later, uh, later on in, in life uh, destroys his dick on his <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he, his dick is like broken in half by a motorcycle or something crazy like that. Yes, uh, uh-huh. for the evil Knievel one. Uh-huh. Um, but in this stunt, it's the only time I've ever seen him do this and it I've seen this movie probably six or ten times. Mm-hmm. I've never noticed this, but it's the only time I've ever seen him put his hand in front of his nose and mouth. Uh-huh. So he's like, puts his hand straight down in front of his dick and then it also in front of his nose and mouth just because he doesn't want to lose his teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the kind of uh, move that only comes with the wisdom of experience, yeah. you know? <laughs> this is a guy who's been hit by many riot control devices <laughs> and none of them at a protest. Yeah. And then they get shot by a bunch of bullets, and it's hilarious. And it's really funny, yeah, and it's really good. And part of what makes it work is, like, we we touched on it a little bit earlier, is this kind of group dynamic that kind of makes Jackass what it is. It's like, the, the, the elements of a Jackass stunt are, it opens with somebody introducing it, the thing happens, and then there's a response to it from everybody else. Like, it wouldn't be fun if, like... Knoxville's alone and nobody is there with him because then you're just watching a guy get shot what makes it great is that they get shot and then you see Bam and Ryan be like fuck you I can't (laughs) believe I let you talk me into this this sucked and they clearly like each other and they clearly like hanging out with each other and there's this sort of camaraderie but also like this 
one-upsmanship mm-hmm. of like they're all daring each other to do something that'll hurt more right um that's just so endearing and mm-hmm. so fun to watch and after they get shot ryan and Ryan and Bam fall immediately on the ground (laughs) and Johnny Knoxville just dances around in pain and laughing. (laughs) It's psychotic. It's psychotic, but it's so funny. And he goes up to Bam. He's like, are you crying? (laughs) And then Bam doesn't even answer because he's in so much pain. Yeah. So my favorite one was um, the, the bungee cord. Oh, okay. Preston and Wee Man and... But what makes it so good? So the the stunt is that Preston's a giant guy, Wee Man's a little guy, and they're connected by a bungee cord. They throw Wee Man over the side to see what happens. Of a bridge. Of a bridge. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> they're they're standing on a bridge, uh, and they throw Wee Man over the side to see if Preston will be able to, with his weight, keep Wee Man from you know pulling him under. He doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he falls over too, and then hits the ground first. The water. The water. Sorry, hits the water first, and then the force of him going down faster than we man whips him into the water too <laughs> which is so funny it's so funny and it's so short but what makes it so great is the beginning of it yes when we see bam presenting this like crude little drawing that he's made of the stunt where he's like yeah you know like uh some of us we uh we write them out and uh we have like our ideas and whatever and we like pitch them me i just like draw a picture and fax it to somebody and then it just happens <laughs> Yeah, and the drawing is of a fat stick figure and a little stick figure tied together on a bridge, and the little guy is hanging down. And that was the whole idea. Yeah. And then somebody, some producer, or line producer, or PA probably, Mm -hmm. had to find a location, find a bridge, (laughs) (laughs) find a bungee jump company who would allow them to do this yes this incredibly dangerous thing yeah because bungee cords aren't built to be attached to people on both ends no not at all like one side is tooled for a a different purpose which is attaching to the bridge yeah (laughs) so they had to get that custom made (laughs) yeah or something i have no idea how they did it but someone had to figure out how to do this stupid thing bam thought of like while he was drunk or something exactly and that's like the magic of this all that's what makes jackass what it is that's what makes these you you seeing these tiny little things and then you extrapolate the whole story of how this came to be yeah what happened after (laughs) you know like yeah and and so i think the other the other great examples of those things are um the few god every stunt in this movie is incredible i wrote down every one of them I actually like as I was watching it I I just wrote down like just kind of like a general description of each one because I was trying to find like some critics of Jackass and trying to find what people don't like about it right and sure I was that's interesting I was primarily looking for like cranks I was looking for somebody who would have like a really out there opinion that we could read on the show yeah although we're clearly not pressed for time here (laughs) I have a ton more to say But but I was looking for people who'd have a negative opinion of Jackass. And mostly it's people saying like it's juvenile. It's juvenile. It doesn't it's say shit. anything. It's it's you know I don't like when people like poop on camera or whatever. <laughs> like which does happen. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I saw come up is this idea of toxic masculinity as okay. displayed in Jackass. It's this very broy sort of masculine show. 
and and movie and and you know like it's it's juvenile it's 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 hyper masculine etc cetera, etc cetera. and so as i was watching it i was trying to write down descriptions of everything so that i could find where stuff is like you know maybe iffy on sex or on like uh like you're trying to find problematic shit yeah i basically was trying to find problematic shit and i think out of the 80 sketches that are in this movie <laughs> there was like four that i noted could possibly be seen as problematic so i think that is like a such a weird such a weird criticism especially from critics mm-hmm. who are probably I can't imagine are having great opinions on misogyny in films. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. like, you don't know anything. Like, that's, I think what makes people uncomfortable about Jackass is how not angry it is. Like, mm-hmm. how vulnerable they make themselves around each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there is, I wouldn't say that this is a good example of, like, male friendships, because they are very... They drive each other to do terrible things. Yeah, and they make fun of each other ruthlessly. But um, that's the thing, is the end of the riot control scene, uh, when Knoxville goes up to him and he's like, are you crying? Yeah. He's not making fun of him. No, he's not. He's actually checking on him. He's like, there. he definitely is, like, making a joke, but... Yeah. He is genuinely checking on his friend to make sure he's not hurt. That's you right. know, like when he does find out that he's crying, you're like, oh no, <laughs> he's like actually hurt. There is a sort of like line with all of them. And you see mm-hmm. this when Preston gets hurt at the end. Yeah. In the uh in the credits. Mm-hmm. Um there's just a scene where Preston something goes wrong and everyone swarms and it's not the medics. Right. It's them. Mm-hmm. And they're checking on their friend who they deeply care about as a coworker, as a as a collaborator as a friend mm-hmm. and they're like making sure he's not actually hurt yeah. in a serious way where he could die or have to go to the hospital or something and then they're not and they all laugh and it's fine mm-hmm. but there's this line where they all have where you know that they care about each other in a way that makes it all okay to watch yes. i think you know what exactly. i mean exactly <laughs> it's it's there's there's like an unspoken rule that almost nothing involves the general public everything yes. bad happens to insiders if you if something bad is happening to you, it's because you are a part of Jackass, <laughs> and and you've chosen to be a part of physically Jackass. at least. Yes, but even so, then in the few things that are like public pranks, like the old man shit and whatever, there's never harm possibly yes coming to other people. Like, Anno- nothing they're doing is ever dangerous. They for may other annoy people. the public. They may yeah. kind of make people uncomfortable, but there's never any danger or harm. Yeah, and and in terms of like problematic stuff in the film, I do think that. The old people ones are kind of the one of the sticking points for me, uh-huh. where it's like this is kind of a bit shitty. Where it's like, I mean, the, the <laughs> jokes of the old people ones initially are just like, hey, it's an old person doing a funny thing, you know, right. like they do the bad grandpa thing where he's like smoking and drinking with the kid, and that's funny. Yeah. But then they do one where Spike Jones is an old lady, and his old lady titties come out, <laughs> and then he's just standing around with his old lady titties out. And then there's one where Knoxville has old man balls that are that are out. Yeah. And I do think that there is kind of a line being crossed there in terms of like involving outsiders in what is essentially sexual harassment. <laughs> I in do think that's pretty way, like yeah. not cool to have done. <laughs> it's on the line. I think you can kind of argue I I would probably argue that it's you know, no one's traumatized mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the one guy who almost gets in a fight with Knoxville as an old man is actually angry and mm-hmm. like probably being pushed to a line where maybe he shouldn't be, be being pushed. Um, 
but he kind of involves himself. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that one does skirt the line. I agree with you mm-hmm. that you could make an argument that it's, it's unethical. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would personally make that argument, but I could maybe be convinced. Yeah. Um, but I think, but for the vast majority, it's mostly just people hanging out mm-hmm. who have all consented to this. Um, and are doing it for fun with each other f- to make people laugh. And there's even something to be said about like active consent because yeah. the beginnings of all these sketches are like really affirmative. Like I want to do this, yeah. <laughs> you know. And there's this thing that they like will push each other. They'll mm-hmm. be like, "Come on, you don't be a pussy. Like you can do this." You yeah. know, like I don't know if they say pussy. But but... That's the thing is, they never say pussy. <laughs> they never say pussy. They never say bitch. They never say anything that could be seen as a like a gendered slur. Yeah, like they are exclusively like the closest they come is in the riot control scene when he's helping him back up and he's like, "Can we get Bam some water? Maybe a Shirley Temple?" But even that's just like he's calling him a child. He's not calling him a girl. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but they do like pressure each other a little bit. But I think there's this clear if it's a hard no it's a hard no right like you can definitely always say no Mm -hmm. because dave england says no yeah (laughs) but there's one there's one sketch in this movie that doesn't do that and and it makes me really uncomfortable really it's like my least favorite thing in all of jackass actually and it was just as visceral rewatching it this time as it is every time I see it. It's the one where Bam is in the wind tunnel. Okay. And uh, so they set it up as if, you know, this is going to be Bam is in a trailer and we have a giant fan. We're going to be blowing him into the back of the trailer and it's going to be funny, right? Right. But what Bam doesn't know is that they're going to lock him in the back of the trailer and they're going to throw a fucking cobra in there with him. <laughs> yeah. And Bam is deathly afraid of snakes. Super afraid of snakes. And, and he's so mad about it. And it's a funny premise. It's a really funny premise. And I understand that it's like jackass and, and everybody's consenting to these things. Bam doesn't, I mean, as far as we know, at least as viewers, Bam doesn't know that the snake is coming. Right. He doesn't know this is where it's going. And they film him <laughs> having the response to the snake. And it's like later it's funny because he's pissed and, and, you know, it's everyone's just having a laugh about it. But in the moment of Bam in the back of the cage with the cobra in there. Like holding himself up yeah, on, the on the ceiling somehow, thing, like a cartoon. And and they like get a close up of his face <laughs> and it's like the fear in his eyes is like really intense. Yeah, man. And it's really upsetting it's so in a way that funny like, I me. don't expect Jackass. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only other part of the movie where Knoxville comes up to him and says, are you crying? Yeah. And, and Bam goes... Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, with tears in his eyes. And then they immediately let him out. Yeah. And so it's like, that must be, like, the the safe word. Yeah, are you crying? <laughs> Knoxville goes up to someone and says, are you crying? And they say, yeah. And he's like, okay, it's over. I, I kind of agree with you that that, if it was anyone else, that would definitely be over the line. Mm-hmm. That shit makes me laugh so hard. Right. I fucking love that one. Well, and it's especially like, and, in a, and even in, in the a cultural context too, where like, again, at the time, this is the height of BAM fame. This is when BAM is the biggest figure in, in skateboarding and like, skateboarding in like alt culture, whatever. Like he has his own clothing line, you know, he's on covers of magazines. He's the sex symbol and whatever. Yeah. And then there's, footage of him just crying <laughs> about, about a snake, a snake. <laughs> that isn't gonna bite him probably yeah. <laughs> you know like it's so funny to me and i think like that's a sort of weird one because it the the movie kind of suggests that there is this clearing of stuff with each other that like mm-hmm. you will get pushed to your limits but not 
past your limits. Yeah. And like that one is clearly one where Bram does not like it. <laughs> he does not want this, but is willing to come back for a third movie, knowing that it'll probably happen to him again yes, that's because true. Yeah. he agrees that it's funny later. <laughs> so it's like this weird, interesting sort of yeah. active consent kind of thing. It's, uh, it's one of the only two, because there's another one where, and this one doesn't make me nearly as uncomfortable, uh, probably because it's so quick, but it's the only other one where there's a bit established and then the bit changes, and the other one is with Bam, and it's Bam and Ryan, and they make a slingshot, they're going to like shoot him in a shopping cart out of this garage. Oh, yeah. And then at the last <laughs> minute, Bam closes the garage door, so the slingshot just shoots him directly into the door. <laughs> and he slams his face into it. Yeah, and, and, and it's very funny, and it's very quick. <laughs> And for whatever reason, Phil and April are there. Those are Bam's parents. And (laughs) they have a weird response to it. Right. April, the only woman, I think, in the movie who's, like, with their crew. Yeah. um, Except for the makeup artist. Mm, Yes. But this is... It, Jackass is in a weird world where women don't really exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny to watch, you know, get sort of a portal into this sort of <laughs> a masculine friendship cave. Where right. That is also, I mean, has moments of tenderness. Like there are yeah. these moments where somebody gets hurt or something goes wrong, whatever, where like it's it's ultimately it's it's men feeling fear together yeah a lot of what it is is men feeling fear i don't want to get too like philosophical but i i feel like a part of this has some like war parallels where it's like Uh these people just want to like there's this weird cultural understanding that the way men are supposed to bond with each other is being fucking terrified Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's like somehow come from like world war ii and like the sort of military camaraderie in general yeah um that is something that mostly men do historically um and i think that there's this kind of like there is no war to fight there's no patriotism anymore right it's the early 2000s it's the end of history no one gives a shit about anything and the only thing you can do is like create your own danger Mm -hmm. in this sort of like almost kink way right where where it's like let's hurt each other and laugh at it and it it kind of comes back to like the idea of this male friendship It, it is worth noting that these guys didn't really know each other before the show right well, like, especially these guys are from like different parts of the country who all had the same idea at the same time, who were brought together by a set of you know geniuses who had this great <laughs> idea. Yeah. But ultimately, these are guys who didn't know each other and mostly only know each other as coworkers, and now are the closest of friends. And it's because of this constant danger element. It's this constant fear element where it is a lot like war. It's essentially like your platoon is like guys who you never knew before and like me yeah. and uh, Mickey Brooklyn and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Tony's from uh, Johnny know, from Pizzeria. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Irish one. Yeah. Um, um, and, it, and it's your, you know, these guys you never knew before and now you're 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 a band of brothers and they describe this they describe the set like a war zone like everyone's (laughs) constantly on guard you know they say it's exhausting they're shooting for weeks and like everyone's like like you watch the movie and knoxville is constantly crossing his legs he's always protecting his cock yeah at all moments like you watch the movie very closely if you haven't seen it before listener um and knoxville is 
a hundred percent thinking about it all of the time. Right. Even in in stunts he's not in. <laughs> because there's random times where people like, are just gonna walk up to him and hit him in the penis. Because that's funny. <laughs> because it is. It happens. And, and I, to I noted it. I said like I, I wrote down somewhere in these notes that it's amazing how often someone just getting kicked in the balls real quick is really funny. <laughs> it is funny. Because they're doing like there's a sketch where they're in a kid's ball pit mm-hmm. and there's a giant anaconda in there and the beginning of it is they're trying to intro it and then Wee Man just punches him in the dick <laughs> and it has nothing to do with what the rest of the thing's gonna be but it's really funny so it stays in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's so good. But so I was trying to say like this movie has this weird you know like I said war this 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 sort of uh, battalion understanding between right, these right. guys and there's barely any women in the movie mm-hmm. um but it's funny i remember very specifically in the show there's like a season where a girl is around mm-hmm. and i don't remember her name but she does some of the stunts i don't okay. know if you remember this there's one where they she's in the um porta potty one right Oh yeah, I think she is in that yeah, one. She gets like flung around in a porta potty. The one I remember is that she eats a ton of eggs with them. Okay, like there's a contest where like who can eat the most eggs, and they without and like they're allowed to vomit, right. <laughs> but it's like who can eat the most, <laughs> and it's hilarious. But it's the only one I ever really remember where she's around, and it's they don't act any differently around her, and I think it's that's sort of interesting where yeah. it's like they're not protecting her in any way. They're right. just like, you can be a part of this. We don't really care what your gender is, but this is how we're going to act. Yeah, exactly. It feels <laughs> like what's happening isn't that they're like a closed group. It's that they are uh, um, like prohibitively dangerous people to be around. <laughs> That's so right. like if, if there's a lack of women on set, it's largely because nobody could talk a woman into doing this. <laughs> yeah. And they wouldn't do it. And they, and, and they yeah, wouldn't like, want to. Why would you? It's insane <laughs> how many of these stunts end with me being like, I can't believe that Ryan Dunn died in a car crash. Yeah, I, like, can't, I can't believe any believe of them. ever died on the show. <laughs> it's really shocking. Uh, they push themselves to limits that are, are seem superhuman. Yeah, like, even the ones that don't seem like it's much of a push necessarily, like... There's a sketch pretty early on where they're riding um, the big, the big old timey bikes, mm-hmm. and they run it into a snowbank, and then just Knoxville just lands head first into concrete. And you're head like, first, that should be somebody dying. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely I've, where somebody dies. You know, having having been on the internet in the early 2000s, I've seen people die. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually not much more violent than that. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy to watch some of these these stunts and see them get hit in the face yeah. with really hard, fast-moving objects and be fine. I was trying to find an interview to like cut stuff from for, for the end of this, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I found that I'm not going to use because it's not very good, but one of the things I found was uh, Bam this year on uh, Dr. Phil. Okay. And it's like Bam and his, his wife, and it's like, I guess after the Come Town thing happens, and after he has like a meltdown on a plane or something like that, there's like a whole bunch of stuff that happens all at once. Right. Where Bam and his wife are splitting up, and his life falls apart, and he starts drinking again, right? And uh, he's on Dr. Phil, and Dr. Phil is essentially making a case to his wife where he's just like, like, look at this man's career. <laughs> like, look at, like, a, take all the drugs and alcohol out of it, which is itself, you know, pretty traumatizing to a brain's development. But look at how many times he's been hit in the head. Like, of course he has 
big, big time like psychological <laughs> issues. He at the very least has CTE. Yeah. Like that doesn't even account for like the shit that was probably undiagnosed from his youth. Like there's all sorts of problems happening there. And mm-hmm. and yeah, it's the the punishment that these guys go through is like absolutely insane. Yeah, that's what I you know, it's very strange because I think Bam it seems like everyone else kind of became better because of Jackass. Uh-huh. Like Knoxville seems very happy and yeah. is able to do whatever he wants. Steve-O got clean, mm-hmm. you know, like all he's of touring this- as a comedian. He's been doing it for a long time too. Right. So like, people like, you know, this, you know, we man has a taco stand, I guess. I don't know. He's- yeah. He's got, um, like a YouTube show where he does these long interviews where I guess he's like a van life guy now. What's he's- a van life? Oh, he lives in a van. Like, you like, but you like, fucking like make up your van real oh, cool sure. and like your whole thing is like the fucking world is my backyard it's yeah. like a douchey thing but it's like cool to see that he's like got like a nice little life going for himself and he does these long cool interviews and whatever uh dave england has kids um, nice just Good seems for like him. he's doing fine yeah that's the thing i feel like bam had a lot of issues anyway mm-hmm. and like got way more famous than any of them right and that was really a big part i think of why his life has been you know it's funny because he's i feel like the perception of him is that his life is worse now right but he's still really rich (laughs) you know like it's not like he's hurting yeah for anything he just like was the kind of person who wanted to give his friends a bunch of money and then like was a drunk Mm. and like got addicted to alcohol and that's like sad for him but like he seems okay like he's still on tv and has like money and like yeah it feels like a lot of the the criticism of him really boils down to the fact that he's gained a bunch of weight which is like who cares (laughs) yeah like it is genuinely like that is some body negative bullshit where like most of what people are talking about now is like hey he really looks like his dad now it's like yeah well that seems pretty genetic (laughs) yeah i mean he's what is he in his 40s like yeah yeah, it's a lot harder to stay skinny when you're that old yeah and he was like we watched an epically later uh like they say he has bulimia right yeah he he was always dealing with his weight and it's like drinking a lot didn't help you know like also who cares like yeah (laughs) the only problem is he seems like he wants to skate again and like Mm -hmm. needs to get back in shape but whatever i mean for him to figure out Yeah. yeah and it seems like he's doing fine he gets some tricks yeah, I mean, they, at he, the end of the epically later, they show a couple cuts from what he's filming in in Barcelona. He's he? still a way better skater than most people. <laughs> yes, for sure. And and obviously he's not as good as he was. But who the fuck is when they're right. in their forties? Neither is Tony Hawk. And again, I cannot stress this enough. He gets tricks. Like he yeah. gets some really cool shit in this video. <laughs> Okay. Um, all so, right, but we should wrap this up because uh, Katie and Alex are about to be here. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't don't tell them that you have another show. No. Um, but no, I just I, we wanted to talk about this movie because I think there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, we've gone yeah. long. Um, I think that this movie is very special to me. I think three is also incredible. Definitely mm-hmm. in my top five favorite comedies. Really, I don't think we stressed enough how fucking funny this movie is. Yes. I've seen it so many times, and I still cry laughing. Yeah. it's And, and, and it's not just the dumb, like, idiocracy, ow my balls, right. the show where it's like, huh, huh, people get hurt, which is funny, and I don't think you should make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, I think slapstick is a valid form of comedy. I think that this is something we didn't really get to get into and we've talked for fucking 90 minutes about it. <laughs> It'll get cut um, down. But but like something we didn't really get to talk about enough is that this is 
part of a line. A lineage. It's, it's, it's a lineage of a form of comedy that, like, you can go all the way back to vaudeville. Like, yeah. there are tumble guys. Like, there's a reason why people laugh at this shit. It's yeah. because you have a evolutionary instinct to laugh at danger. That's where laughter comes from. You know, like, you are with your, your you know, you're a hunter-gatherer, primitive human, and you're, you're, you're with your tribe, and, and, and there's a saber-toothed tiger, and, <laughs> and then somebody farts and it scares it off. Like, that's funny, and, and that's yeah. where we it's laugh from. It's, it's a, deep it's, in our bones. Exactly. It's, it's an animalistic thing that we do. You can't really explain why we laugh, except that it's just something your body does. Yeah. And trying to be like, this is low humor is the dumbest it's shit. so stupid. It's so lame. It is the smoothest brained bullshit ever. <laughs> like, yeah. you... Like laughter is laughter. Like, but not only that, not everyone can make this funny. Because I just want to say right before we end, I watched the Dudesons to compare. The Dudesons was the was the sort of like Jackass right after Jackass. Mm-hmm. It's like four Scandinavian dudes okay. who are like they dress like Jackass. They dress in all black with piercings, right? Um, and they just do stunts. It's just Jackass, mm-hmm. but it's called the Dudesons. It's four different guys. They're like brothers. Some of them right. are brothers, and um, it's not funny. Like they they do too much setup. Mm. They like make a game out of it. It's like you get more. You get points. Like they have a one where they have um, a ceiling fan on a wall, okay. and they're like whatever body part you put in, you get more points. And so they just like standing around watching each other put their heads in a in a ceiling fan, right. which isn't enough of an idea to be a jackass stunt. Yeah. Uh, And then they take it so seriously and they laugh, but it's like nowhere near as funny. So like, I really, I don't think that just saying slapstick is base humor is enough of a criticism because you can watch other people do exactly the same shit. You can watch these guys do the same shit and it doesn't work. Viva La Bam and Wild Boys are the follow-ups that, that these guys split off to do. Neither of those are as funny as Jackass. Right. The editing in this is incredible. The sh- the, the cinematography is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's And the chemistry. Yeah. There's chemistry between the performers. And it's funny. And they made it funny. Yeah. It's not just on accident. We it's- gotta do a part two. We gotta, like... <laughs> we'll, we'll do Jackass 3. We gotta do Jackass 3 or Jackass 1. I like Jackass 1 a lot, too. I do, too. Um, anyway, so... I God think damn it, it, it feels like there's so much more to talk about. I know. We'll about. do another. We'll do another Jackass episode. I'm so uh, mad. <laughs> I'm so mad that we talked about Jackass for an hour and forty minutes, and I don't feel like we said everything. It's, just, it's one of the best films ever made. It goes without saying that we recommend it. Yeah, we both recommend it. It's two incredible. Thumbs way up. <laughs> Up asses. Yeah, up asses. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's uh, another thing to talk about is is how homoerotic it is. I know. And how that's we didn't not even... a, that's never painted as a bad thing. They never say the F word. They never call each other gay in a mean way. Yeah. It's, they're okay with laughing about like their own sexuality. And there's like an exclusion sexual... happening too with like, um, like... They're, they do a rocket stunt where they're shooting each other into a lake and there's a guy in a wheelchair who's just there. And it's not a thing. It's just he's there. Yeah. There's no note about it. Like, oh, yes. Wee the, Man, the it's way funny they... because he weighs less than everybody, <laughs> but that's really the only time that his size is the butt of the joke. Right. Wee Man's just a guy on the cast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's clear that every time Preston or Wee Man 
their size is referenced. It's like they're clearly in on the joke. Mm-hmm. They are the kinds of people that make fun of it in ways they are comfortable with. But it's never addressed. There's never this sort of liberal white hand wringing of like, is this okay? Right. They just do it and the people are okay with it. And there's also never a, like the other end of that uh, pendulum where you get like a uh, a Joker moment where there's a little person who can't reach a lock on the door. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> That's not, they don't prank a little wee man for being funny. Except yeah. the the best moment, one of the best moments in the movie is when they're pranking each other with the, the love note. God damn it. We didn't even talk about the love note. <laughs> it's the, the best one. <laughs> it's one of the best things in the movie. They put it at the front for a reason. They put a love note in the hallway and, and you have to, the writing gets smaller, and yeah, so that yeah, people so you have to get your face closer and closer. And then a it. and then a punching glove comes out and punches them in the face. When they do it to Weeman, they put a chair there just so he can do it. Yeah, they don't. But he doesn't question it. Uh-huh. He doesn't question why is there a chair in the middle of this hallway in a yeah. hotel. <laughs> He just jumps up on the chair and reads it, and it's fucking hysterical because he's knocked off. Anyway, <laughs> we're yeah, yeah. So they there. It's in, it's inclusive in a way that I I think that. But that's the thing, yeah, is that's an inclusive joke because what it is is it's it's an escalation of the joke that you've seen iterated several times. It wouldn't be funny if it's only Wee Man and the joke is that he gets knocked off the exactly. chair. But it's funny because you've already seen Bam get tricked. <laughs> you've already seen Ryan get tricked. And then they're like, how do we get Wee Man? Oh, we'll get a chair. And you put together that they had to solve that problem before right. they got Wee Man. The whole <laughs> It's fucking incredible. It's great. It's and great then three movie. six mafia shows up. Juicy J is in it. Damn it. Yeah, it's barely a bunch mentioned. Of cameos. It's incredible. Right. We gotta go. We gotta go. Watch uh, this movie. Thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, you know, rate and subscribe and whatever. And uh, yeah, yeah, watch our shows. BB Blood is balling out super. Yeah, and Twitter uh, kinematography and and Jeremy Thunder and Jen Lost Pod. Okay, goodbye. Everybody. Love you. Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening. I've had a, you know, like we all have had, I've had a bunch of injuries, concussions, sprains, but I got to think the worst injury was when I, I tore my urethra because the motorcycle went up 20 feet in the air, come down and broke its handlebars off of my pee-pee. Uh, it works fine. Yeah, I have a nine-month-old son, which is great. I feel like it might be a good thing if I weren't able to have children, but I also feel like if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Thank you.